Enjoying these episodes? Give us a shout out on social at Built On Air. We'd love to hear your comments and suggestions. So drop us a like and be sure to subscribe to catch new episodes when they release. It helps us keep the podcast going. Hello and welcome to the Built On Air podcast. Built On Air is a regular podcast where we talk with everyday people and learn about the amazing things they are doing with Airtable. Today's podcast is sponsored by OpenSide, the leading solutions provider for Airtable customers. Check out OpenSide.com to learn more about their products and services that can take your Airtable usage to the next level. Use promo code BUILTONAIR to receive $20 towards any product purchase. In this episode, we're joined by Brian Switchko, a founding citizen at One Inc. Cooperative. One Inc. operates as a member-owned, member-controlled virtual economy dedicated to fostering a supportive ecosystem of creatives, entrepreneurs, and investors. Brian and his fellow citizens have helped bring dozens of unique projects to fruition, including a very nifty spell check for the soul. But not all contributions are monetary. Citizens can contribute five different types of capital to a project. There's financial, but also intellectual, spiritual, cultural, and social capital at any given time. If that sounds like it requires a lot of data, it's because it does. With so many moving parts, it comes as no surprise that Brian's two Airtable bases have a number of fields, views, and tables to manage it all. But the beauty of Brian's approach is that it allows citizens to interact with a clean, simple interface, which only shows what needs to be shown with the help of a few handy integrations. Hi, Brian. Hello. Thank you so much for being on our podcast. I have a great many number of questions. <laughs> done a great many number of things. So you've built a bunch of different digital projects ranging from an AI version of yourself to <laughs> a virtual economy. And I want to talk about both. Yay. Um, your pick, which one do you want to explain to me first? Uh, well, first of all, thanks. Thanks for having me on um, and, and offering me the opportunity to nerd out about nerdy things that are somewhere between building products and making art. Um, usually hard to distinguish which is which. Probably Brian bot just because it seems like it's relevant context, um, relevant context. Uh, and then also my, my Facebook prank is kind of like the Genesis story of uh, um, pranking my roommate with Facebook ads and then that going viral and then kind of being woken to this idea of like, if you create value, then awareness will follow. Or if you create things out of pure creativity for the sake of, I wonder if I can do that and like, let's play with this and let's see what happens. Um, that tends to be what people are interested in. Uh, and I just, I spent so much time consulting with companies that were trying to get growth. They were hiring me as a growth hacker. Um, and they were like, how do we get people uh, to, to pay attention? And I'm like, well, who are you? Um, like, and, Good question. you know, they would, yeah, they, they would kind of just, um, by the nature of appeasing investors or having kind of like, you know, uh, the obligation to stakeholders, they would work and do um, and and the play and the being was was gone and so you kind of like lost the the natural essence of whoever the individuals were within that organization so after a while I got tired of it and started doing my own stuff and I was kind of always doing stuff on the side but I just slowly over time allocated more time Brian bot originated from uh, partially from mythos which is kind of my subjective wiki nonlinear storytelling platform doohickey that still defies a lot of explanation. 
Um, and uh, it was actually, I got really absorbed into writing in that format and just kind of like having this chunked methodology of writing. Um, for about uh, two weeks, I didn't call my parents, didn't realize it. Um, and then two weeks goes by, my dad calls me and he's like, Hey, like, how are you doing? And I'm like, Oh, Oh, oh I'm, I'm good. You know, kind of like snapping out of the days and, um, caught up with my, caught up with my dad. And then, you know, my call, he's like, call your mom. I called my mom. My mom's like, call your sister. So I called my sister and I was like, I haven't talked to my grandparents. So I called my grandparents. So I like made the rounds after like two weeks of just unintentional kind of absence. And, uh, in every single conversation, I realized that it was, how are you doing? And then I'd be like, oh, I'm doing these things. And I'm like, so excited. And I'm building stuff. And they're like, okay, we don't understand that. Um, and then they'd be like, well, are you doing anything fun? And I'm like, that, that's fun. And then I'd like that. I'm also doing like, you know, yoga and gymnastics and stuff like that. And they're like, okay, well, are you seeing anyone? And then I'm like, well, not really. Like, da, da, da. And so um, I basically realized that every single conversation that I had with my family in that period of, of like catching up uh, was this roundabout way of like, are you dating anyone? Um, so that was the point when I was like, hold on, I have the ability to do things like this. So I made a chat bot that was initially explicitly focused on answering my parents' questions about my dating life. Um, and that's where BrianBot came from. Uh, it slowly became like, what else can I automate? Uh, it started with kind of a basic Boolean chat of if and then, um, and then over time uh, gained fuzzy logic uh, and, and a bunch of comical wrong answers um and so just kind of always playing with people um he has a phone number now uh and uh 310-455-8836 for anyone who's listening um and uh sometimes it's the bot and sometimes it's me and we're never really sure which is which you're just a prankster pretty much yeah <laughs> yeah it always stems from messing around um in some form i can dig it I have similar points where not so much I go two weeks without calling my mom because she, <laughs> makes, she makes sure that I talk to her <laughs> often, um, which is great. I love her. Um, but I, I feel like sometimes some of the things that I do are so niche. I have to re-explain what it yep. is I do. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's one thing to say, oh, I, you know, I'm a host of a podcast. It's a podcast about databases. Well, specifically this one type of database. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's a formula. It's, so. it's a context challenge. Yes. And, and everybody comes in with different contexts. And when I wrote the Facebook prank, I, at, by the time I wrote it, because I had never really written anything prior, but by the time I wrote it, I told the story a hundred times. Mm -hmm. And I told it to like marketing friends and it would take two hours and I would just, you know, like embellish the details and be like, and then I would explain, like, I, I would tell it before I had this term creative nonfiction. So like you take a moment and you just colorize and you explain all the details so that people can see it. Um, but then I'd explain it to my mom and it'd take 10 seconds. Cause like, okay, you know, my roommate. Yeah. You know, those ads you see on your sidebar. Yeah. I made ads that only appeared for him and made him think that Facebook knew way too much about his life. Mom was like, Oh, that's funny. Why'd you do that? Well, he started it cool, done, conversation over. Um, and so it's, that's, that's a lot of what Mythos is, is enabling many different people with many different degrees of context to read the same thing. And all of that is just kind of chunking information, which is coincidentally the same way that the databases and Airtable works. Makes sense. And I, I do feel like now I must mention your shirt, which reads fictional character. Yes. <laughs> this is one of my favorites. Yeah, um, it it came from Alan Watts. Uh, he talks about the skin encapsulated ego. 
Um, and uh, and then was the this shirt was inspired by Jake Sears, and it's just kind of a a reminder for ego death, um, a reminder that like we're all building characters of ourselves, and we can change those anytime. Um, as as Alan Watts said, he's like, uh, you are under no obligation to be the same person you were five minutes ago. Um, and so, I mean, as long as we communicate to the people around us, like, hey, I'm gonna stop doing this thing that you know me to do because I don't want to anymore. Um, then you can kind of consciously just choose to build yourself into the person you choose to be. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been kind of a, a practice and play. And I always am trying to coach people and like, hey, like put down the ego and we can move on from this. And uh, it comes up in a lot of different ways. Is one of those different ways one ink? It is very much. Yeah. Uh, the, the underlying premise of one ink um, is that we are one. Uh, and so, um, the, the first thing is to kind of absolve yourself of any ego and importance, not to, to leave behind your individuality, but quite the opposite to bring your individuality in the acknowledgement that we are one in a microcosmic sense, uh, bacterially diversity is power. Uh, and so the more diversity that we can cultivate, the better. And the way that we do that is by helping everybody to feel safe, to show up that way. Um, and that first starts with the acknowledgement that we are one in whatever sense that you uh, decide that to be, be it uh, we are one in the sense that we are the universe, we are one in the sense that we are the totality of all being, we are one in the sense that we are the same ecological whole of planet Earth, the same species, um, although I like to push it out outside of the, the human element um, to be less humanist. But yeah, um, starting with the destruction of egos is a good step to almost everything. Well said. So, you know, in addition to the, the diversity of having everyone coming together and being part of a whole, you also have in One Inc. a diversity in terms of the different ways people can participate, right? So, um, you know, with any given idea or project, not all the time someone might be able to invest in, in the literal sense and, you know, giving money to support an idea. But you have found a way to make sure that everyone can feel like they're still participating and still providing, you know, again, I'm doing air quotes, <laughs> value. You're participating and you're being part of the, the thing. Mm -hmm. Well, see, even the, the way that you reflected that is, is fun because like the, you said literal capital in regards to money and you did air quotes in, in terms to like contributing. And that's how we're trained right? Those are, those are the contexts that we have, right? Like the economy that, that you and I are within, which is the United States economy. So we deal with the dollar and the dollar typically is awarded to those who contribute time, which is, is natural capital labor. Um, and that's kind of it. Um, that doesn't mean that other forms of capital don't exist. It just means that that's what our economy typically measures. Um, mm -hmm. And so uh, John, my co-incorporator and I, um, read The Ascent of Humanity by Charles Eisenstein in early 2019. Um, and one of the things he talked about is different types of capital. Um, and so there's financial capital, which is money. There's natural capital, which is time and creative labors. There's cultural capital, which is art. There's intellectual capital, which is wisdom or knowledge. Um, there's social capital, which is relationships or political influence. And then there's spiritual capital, which is attention and presence. Um, and in the, the context of Facebook, you pay for the service with your spiritual capital. And mm. they don't write that into their terms of service explicitly in that way, but that is what you were paying with. Um, I forget who said it was, uh, if you're not paying for the product, you are the product. Uh, and we're finding a lot of the implications of that now as it regards mental health 
Um, but all of these forms of capital already exist. And so it kind of just started with a conversation of like, hey, let's talk about this. Let's talk about what else is of value. Um, and so John and I started co-creating together around a project called Spiritual Bro, um, which is a spirit check. So if you say something negative, it suggests a positive reframe. That's where the t-shirts came into being. Um, and, and we started to have these conversations of like, okay, you're putting up financial capital to free up my natural capital so that we can come together and co-create and we can unlock our spiritual capital. Cause the, the notion of spiritual capital is that you can't, you have it innately within you. Um, and so by us being together and co-creating on this and having conversations about it, we were elevating ourselves and kind of connecting to that attention and presence. Um, and so with John's financial capital and my natural capital, we unlocked our spiritual capital and created something that became social capital. And you can play that game all day long. There's an infinite number of ways to talk about it. So long as you acknowledge that there's more value in the world than money. And, yeah. and that was how it started. The economy and the ledger is all just building bricks on top of that. Mm -hmm. And that's, um, something that you'll find with really online content creators, um, you'll notice that, you know, there's opportunities to, um, I think it's called joining a membership um, on YouTube, uh, where you, you contribute monetarily to a channel, but you're constantly being asked by the, the, the content that you love to, to subscribe and to share with your friends. And right. so that's, you know, that gets to your, your description of all the other different types of capital, which and I'm sure, as you know, someone who's gone viral many times, um, the process of sharing and giving attention, um, that's just as valuable, and if not, more so. Yeah, and I, I think it's, you know, it, creators often have to ask for those contributions because people don't value it. Um, they don't think that sharing it with a friend is, is a value. So that's why that, that kind of verbal mechanism often exists of asking. Um, and so a lot of it's just really training being like, Hey, you already have these contributions. Those are valued. Give whatever you choose to give. Mm -hmm. Um, and so really just strictly as a foundation for conversation, it's, it's been awesome. I'm sure it is. And then just to connect back to the, to some of the other forms of capital, mm -hmm. um, intellectual or giving advice or suggestions or asking, <laughs> or even asking questions like, a lot of the times I improve the work that I do when someone is not trying to give me advice. They're just like, mm -hmm. how does this work? And then I have to mm -hmm. think about it. Yep. Um, super valuable. A human, a human walking through my background for those listening on Spotify. Um, <laughs> sometimes she crawls through the background uh, <laughs> occasionally when she doesn't know the context of the call, but, but not fine. today. Totally yeah. fine. She doesn't need to do either, but, but it's entertaining. Anyway. Yeah, and I, the other, the intellectual capital aspect, um, tying back to, to Mythos and Spiritual Bro, um, Mythos, it was built because I wanted a knowledge management tool, but then it became something else. It became more of a storytelling tool, but I didn't quite know how that was different at the time. Um, and so John and I made a joke about like, you know, I wish I had a, a spell check for my spirit. And so when I say negative things, like it catch me. And he's like, that's really funny. We should build that. Um, and then the idea became that because we couldn't figure out how to raise money for Mythos without changing its nature, without like turning it into a thing where we kept trying to get users and like play that game of like how, how many people can we get to pay this amount per month and then build that specific feature set forever. Um, instead of raising money and, and kind of pitting ourselves in that way, we're like, what if we build Spiritual Bro as a character on top of the Mythos platform? 
Um, and so that, that mechanism of transition came from one comment from a different advisor where he saw me struggling to try and sell Mythos to bring in money to fund development and to, to create that traction so that we could raise money. And he said, you can sell your product or you can use your product. I recommend the latter. And that was it. And it was a complete transformation of my thinking in one sentence. Um, and for that, I will always be grateful. And, and the economy is in a lot of ways, um, a way of recognizing the power of those like singular statements where someone just makes a sentence that change your life. Um, just like the right sentence, the right time, the right, the right intonation. Um, and, and being able to, you know, like I can't possibly quantify the value of that statement, but I'm going to write it down and we're always going to look back at it. And we'll always be able to say that this came from that, this came from that here is where this started. Um, and it's just kind of like a, a, a mechanism for gratitude in a frame. Um, and so, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's a giant database of stories. Would you like to show us it? Absolutely. Because we here love to look at databases. I don't know if you've noticed. <laughs> All right. So this is what the front end or one of the front ends look like. So I'm going to show kind of a few screens um, on the front before I show the back. Uh, sure. So this is, this is the ledger. Um, you can see all the contributions of the ledger. It's endless scroll, which is super fun. Um, so you have the citizen name contributed the value. So our dollar 11, this is a, a resonance dollar is a unified measure of all types of capital. Then you have the type of capital, which is spiritual capital uh, contrib contribution to. So these are all of our different projects, which we call stories of the cooperative. Um, and then on the date. So in this specific instance, uh, Chris updated his preferences. Um, so basically we allow people to subscribe to whatever they choose to subscribe to as it regards a cooperative. We have over 150 projects at this point that are all kind of at varying stages of development. Um, and so every time someone goes and updates their preferences, they are helping us to be more aligned. So we reward them with our base unit, which is 11. So 11 is the, uh, the number that represents presence. So we're like, cool, that's our base unit. If you tell us you want to hear from more of our subscriptions, great, $11R. Um, and so here's a contribution of 11 financial capital dollars, so 11 US dollars uh, into one citizenship. Uh, you have, and this one I'm not familiar with, so I'm just reading it. I, I'm discovering this at the same time. Um, Sasha was helpful with one gatherings. Uh, you also get things like this, um, these little memo emojis, uh, click into stories about that specific contribution, uh, which I'll let that load for a moment. Um, and so we have our incorrectly linked portfolio. So we have our, oh, and this is what happens when you change things in your database. Um, this, <laughs> I removed status from the title name. Uh, all right, let's do, we have a reading list where we reward people a bounty for reading a book that helps them to essentially become a more productive citizen. Um, these are books about uh, companies that mimic life, the set of humanity, as was mentioned previously. Uh, da, 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 what else? I think it's stories. Yeah, it is. Um, these are all of the stories of the cooperative. So you have Spiritual Bro, which I mentioned previously, the cooperative itself, Mythos One, which is available to all citizens and is basically how we communicate because there's a lot of context. Uh, one Citizenship, One Studio, which is the entity that incubated Mythos One and Spiritual Bro, 
uh, One Gathering, which is our events production company and so on and so forth. Um, if you click read more, you obviously get to read more. Um, you get to see the uh, amount of contributions to each story. So this is all types of capital, how much has been contributed to these stories. Um, and then let's go back to, yeah. So, oops. So when you clicked in from Sasha's contribution here, um, that went here to the One Gatherings expansion plan. Um, so uh, as a co-creator in One Gatherings, I was on vacation last week. I had no idea that this conversation happened, but now I do. Um, and so it's like a feed of, like I said, stories, gratitude, um, all different shapes and forms. Uh, and yeah, so on the back end, uh, we have <laughs> a, whole, a whole lot of zap here going on. Um, and air right. automations are like my new favorite thing. Um, so here's the ledger. It is presently a one column ledger, although we're just set up to be a two column ledger. So basically you have debits and credits just like any other ledger. Um, we separate out USD because this is basically our expense report, which we use in our actual financial reporting. Um, so we have the recipient, which is a citizen. Uh, some certain citizens can also give residence dollars to friends of residence or non-citizens. So everyone in the world is either a friend of residence or a citizen of one. Um, then you have these two fields here, which are for Slack and email. So when someone is giving through what we call the love machine, um, they have the ability to send an email and a Slack message. Uh, if they choose both like here, um, then this is the post message. This will go to uh, the Slack channel that is associated with the project that someone is contributing to. Um, and uh, then it will also show up in the ledger somewhere in here. Um, <laughs> so then we have the memo link, which is this little blue icon taking us to the story, um, who the citizen is, their citizen ID, um, what their citizen memo is. So if you click on uh, any of the citizen names, it takes you, there's that one that I was looking for. Um, if you click here, it takes you to their author memo or kind of the uh, little wiki that we have about them. Um, then you've got some of these fields, which are basically the HTML versions of the capital types. Um, those are being used in a series of emails that are going out. So anytime someone gets finance, anytime someone gets residence dollars, they get an email that says, thank you so much for your contribution of X to this. Uh, let me grab one. So you've just received $111 for your contribution of multiple types of capital to Bribe Switchco. Um, I think this was a test. Uh, but basically you have the value here, the type of capital in HTML here. Um, then you have a personal note here. Uh, and then current balance, the ability to see that your contribution as well as all others and a prompt to update your preferences. So going back to the database, uh, each project has a channel in our Slack. So that's where all of the messages regarding those projects go. Um, the love machine is largely based on a table of gifts. So these are all of the things that people can give for. Um, and we're constantly adding new things of like, thank you for performing art at one of our events, or thank you for inspiring the purchase of a new domain name. Uh, we give that one a lot. Um, and uh, these all are, you know, just kind of all the data that is associated with each gift is then being pulled in and cited in the 
uh, ledger, um, a lot of lookup fields uh, and stuff like that, private notes, um, yada, yada. And then we have our citizen IDs. So this is um, who the person is, their pronouns, their current balance, uh, what badges they have. This is kind of like a quick look field for us so we can see what type of citizen they are. Um, these two fields are just like a fast look at how, how much energy has this person put into us. Um, great for prioritization. Uh, referral field, anytime a CID is linked here, it automatically triggers off a referral email and a ledger gift to say you have received $111 R for referring this person to the cooperative. Um, badges text fields, uh, basically anytime someone upgrades their membership, it adds or it appends a new membership here. Uh, the highest of which appears, oh, I removed it from the shared view. Uh, the highest of which appears in a different field, um, which then anytime that changes uh, onto air, picks it up and says, okay, your membership level has changed because that field has changed. Um, and then we match whatever is in that field with whatever email is in our library of emails to say, hey, you have upgraded or you are now this level of citizenship. You now have the ability to send more gifts through the love machine. You now have the ability to send more uh, messages through our residence machine, which is basically our, our collectively uh, accessed email CRM, um, which I'll show you that base too. Uh, and yeah, so ev everything is essentially structured to be live updated by each individual in this database. Um, so every action they take, every time they show up in an event, they get credit for it. Every time they give someone else credit, they uh, are actually, if you look in balances, and then the competitive lovers table, um, which is relatively new. This is a table of how many R dollars people are giving, um, and then how many R dollars they're giving based on how many they're receiving. So you get to see kind of like, okay, how, how much are you helping us to flow and, and send this energy um, by whatever definition you measure it. Um, do, do, do. Yeah, so ledger, CIDs, balances, stories. This is where um, all of the stories of the cooperative are tied. So everything that's associated with every story uh, from the channel ID in Slack uh, to the HTML representations of a lot of these that are pulled into emails, um, how, how much capital has been contributed to each story, uh, frames of reference. So we have um, like it, Pandemic Playmate is a memo that someone made to talk about that person that you've never met before in your life, but you met through some kind of digital means while in pandemic. So you've never met them before in person, but you're be best friends and you play with them online in some form or the other. Um, they So two of our citizens bought PandemicPlaymate.com um, and then wrote a memo about it. So like now we get to call each other Pandemic Playmate because they came up with the term. Um, so that's what we call a frame. Uh, frames, gifts that are associated, uh, reflections, that's basically when someone sees the cooperative and they're like, it's like a digital kibbutz. And we're like, cool, we're gonna write that down. Thank you so much for giving us that review. Reflection is basically that. Um, roadmap is phasing out, metrics is phasing in, subscribers largely lives in another database. Um, images is what you saw from the uh, story field. And then vote, I'm, I love, this is basically picking up vote.inc.one is where citizens and friends of residents can vote on different matters of the cooperative. So basically they say like, I, I want, you know, an updated onboarding process, or I want uh, help migrating mythos to one pod. 
Um, and so people have the ability to go through and kind of see what's going on. Anytime something is submitted to this by anyone, uh, it posts an update to the corresponding Slack channel, uh, which is picking up from this field right here. So uh, the, the nourishing field is actually picking up for our recipes. So anyone who posts a recipe to our collective board, it goes into the nourishing channel of Slack and thus we share recipes. Um, so yeah, that's, that's largely the economy. Um, we are now doing things like bounties, basically saying if anyone can introduce us to someone like this, we will reward you with that. Um, we also have what are functionally shareholder agreements um, for virtual corporations is the kind of current project, which you saw here, the co-creator agreement creator is kind of the current thing that we're working on. Um, and so what it is, is it's essentially a shareholder agreement for a virtual corporation within the cooperative, um, wholly, wholly created within Airtable, but then also, um, let's see, it will look like this. So using mini extensions, which we found through the onto air podcast, um, we have a citizen dashboard. Uh, and so you can see everything about you. Uh, you can see your current citizenship, you can see your balance, you email, phone number. Uh, if you don't know how to, you can access our Slack, attend our gatherings, you can submit a gathering. Um, this goes through Airtable into our collective Google Calendar. You can use the love machine, uh, you can cast your vote, uh, you can send an email as the cooperative itself. That's the resonance machine, this is the love machine. You can edit the messages that, are, that you are a co-creator on. Um, you can create an access mythos, you can submit an offer to the marketplace, you can change your subscription, so on and so forth. Um, so yeah, mini extensions has been super great, but a lot of this is, starts with Airtable, it's managed a lot with Zapier, uh, onto air has been a relatively new and super helpful addition and mini extensions as well. And all of this means that we have the ability to essentially discover what it is that we're doing before we raise money and do it as one cohesive product. Um, cause as soon as you raise money, you have obligations and those obligations are based on assumptions. And this allows us to get a lot of our assumptions out of the way and validate them, um, and kind of build this, you know, expansive environment that wouldn't be possible if we had gone a traditional path. And that's, uh, I think, uh, John called, called one ink micro liquidity for early stage ventures, which, um, is one of those things that like, it kind of makes sense. And then you learn more and then it makes sense, but it doesn't really totally make sense until you have context. And that's what we're all about. Well, I'm I'm glad that through this podcast we were able to shine light on, you know, a f a few things that might be useful for anyone who uses Airtable, namely, you know, Onto Air, which is produced by our sponsor OpenSide, and then Mini Extensions, which I also love. What I wanted to point out was that our run through of your base that controls this. I noticed a couple of things and I'll, I'll run through them very quickly. The title said V5. Um, <laughs> and just want to throw it out there that something this complex with so many moving parts that involves so many people who are contributing in so many different ways. I can't imagine how long it took you to, to get here. And as you just said, you were recently introduced to, you know, the, sort of back-end portion of it that kind of, you know, helps take out some of the automation processes that send out some emails and, and also like set up the front end for other people to interact with so they don't have to dig through an Airtable base with a thousand different tables. And just, 
I wanted to talk about how your process <laughs> of, of going from, you have this idea, I want to build an economy and then getting, into, getting into Airtable and then getting to where we are now with what we've just seen. So, yeah. So, so I appreciate the spot of the V5 because to me, it's been there for a while. So it's, you know, largely invisible. Um, so it, it, it wasn't an idea to create an economy and then learn Airtable. Uh, 2017, actually, um, someone introduced me to Airtable, and I don't know who, unfortunately, because I owe them a lot. Um, but uh, they basically said, pointed me, and I, I looked at it, and I said, this would be really great for a CRM. And what I really wanted, because I, I had so many different projects over, you know, I had at that time, I was known as a guy who pranked his roommate with Facebook ads, so I'd get a lot of people who called me about Facebook. I was known as a Reddit marketing expert, so I'd get a bunch of people who called me about that. And even in those two pools of people, there's a lot of variation as to why someone might reach out. You know, I want you to consult for me. I want to join your education community. I just want free advice. And it was a lot of energy to figure out who was who and where. Um, and so this idea of a CRM where anyone could manage their relationship with me um, so that I could just kind of pick up and say, cool, like you want free advice. Great. Like I'm happy to do that. So long as I don't have to spend the time assessing like what you want. Um, and you ask a good question. Uh, and so a lot of times people be like, how can I use Reddit to market my business? And I'm like, moo, that's not a good question. Moo means, uh, not yes, not no, just not nothing. Ask the question again. Um, and so I started there. Um, and that other base is called, uh, ethos. Um, which I'll share real quick. Um, so ethos is basically that is, is still the CRM. So in this, I can see, um, like I sent you an email this morning. Um, so it saw that I sent you an email, it bounced you to the top and it updated the last time that you were contacted. The last email that the system sent you was our dollars given when you became a citizen. I can see your citizenship level and your our dollar balance. All of this is being pulled in from the other base. So this is from our library of emails. Um, and so you'll see that like, this is everything that is needed to create the email that looks like this largely. Um, and then it's like uh, inserting encoded links that are unique to each individual and yada, yada, yada. Um, recently, I changed the single source of truth for this from having the stories field that anytime it would be updated here, it would push to, to four other bases. Um, because the prior iteration of allowing people to update, there's a, a duplicate of this base, which is basically uh, a pass through. So anytime someone wants to change their, uh, their information, they submit a new record and then Zapier finds that person's email, matches it in the base and updates the record because form view for Airtable only creates a new record. It doesn't update. Right. And so you have to duplicate the base and kind of do that pass through, which now is totally done with mini extensions. So I'm kind of like phasing out a lot of pieces. Right. Um, the, there's not really a need for them to be two bases, but this was kind of the base that I started with. It's the base. It's the first base I ever built. Um, it's evolved over time. I've, it's just kind of been, can I do that? Can I catch this? Is there a webhook for that? How do I do a webhook? What scripts? Holy shit. You can make buttons. Um, it was actually something I, I yelled at my fiance uh, <laughs> relatively recently. Button um, fields, is that what that you're referring yeah. to? Yeah, when yeah. they added button fields. Um, I don't know. I was so happy to be in that beta. I, so that's like, oh, my scripts. 
they'll be so much yeah. better now. Yeah, Buttonfields and then Buttonfields and scripts and then having, so we have a script that um, once it's, <laughs> when someone updates a, do, do, do. okay, so here's, here's our library of messages that can be sent through the resonance machine. Yep. When someone is a co-creator, um, so here are the co-creators of each individual message. Uh, when any one of these people logs in to the portal that is created with many extensions, they have the ability to edit every single one of the messages that's in the library that they are co-creator on. Anytime they edit that, which is a rich text field, mm -hmm. then it gets picked up by Airtable automations. And then it sends a webhook, also a many extensions thing, to convert the rich text into HTML. Then it runs a, there's a delay because it has to do that takes about 30 seconds um and then our script picks up and then takes that raw html and appends uh google utm tracking links with the term which we can then see in real time um and basically as people are exploring clicking and reading mythos we have the ability to see in real time their journey um it's more of a qualitative process of kind of seeing how people move through it all of this was just like how do I how do I see what people how do I uh, see people in keywords rather than having to like look up my URLs like how can I see that okay cool like let's play with this can I add this programmatically okay yes I can oh mm, no I can't do it because the, of the term like the term is a variable field hold on let me go to the the uh, forum and see if there's anyone who can do this you can do this great thank you for that piece of code um, and it's just been that for three years and so it's always just a question of you know, like, okay, that was a value. Can we measure it? Can we measure it programmatically? Um, you know, every time someone was registering for an event, we used to do that through Eventbrite. So we could pick that up. We could match the record. We could automatically gift them credit for attending an event. Um, we now have the ability to embed, we have a digital environment called Topia um, and within Topia. And so in Topia, you have the ability to walk around if you walk up to another person, then it opens up a video chat with that person. But then you can also make objects clickable. Uh, and so did I remove the click? Okay, well, normally it's clickable and normally it opens an iframe within the environment. And so basically um, what this enables us to do is to have portals to where people can actually interact with the economy um, and they can give resonance dollars through the love machine um, with, uh, within that virtual environment and they can interact with different stories of the cooperative without ever leaving. Um, so it's all kind of tied together um, in, in ways that are very challenging to explain because it wasn't a linear build process. It was just like, a, can we do this? Can we do this? Can we do this? And over time, we, we rebuilt, we cleaned up, we rebuilt, we cleaned up, things broke, we fixed them and yada, 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 the, you know, every, every base. But, um, yeah, to anyone who's listening and thinks this is super cool, uh, don't try and don't compare your beginning to someone else's middle. And, and it's just play with it bit by bit. I mean, we have probably 10 or 20 bases, 15 of which are just kind of constantly like test bases or playing around or can we make an entire product without ever, you know, deploying any code. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been a journey. I'm sure it has. <laughs> Um, it's just great to see because, um, I like seeing, obviously I like seeing Airtable bases. Um, I wouldn't be here if I didn't, but I, <laughs> I also like seeing how, um, people are able to pull together a front end, if you will, to, to Airtable. 
um, not everyone is, so, is used to looking at things in the database or table environment. And we're kind of used to an app-like experience. And yep. um, so just, and I'm glad you brought up Topia because seeing, um, you know, mini extensions forming a sort of portal, um, mm-hmm. that's one way of, of having your different citizens interact without having to jump into the base itself. But then something on the other end of spectrum where you're literally walking around, you know, a, a digital forest, if you will, um, until you get close to the thing you want to interact with. You know, it had someone told me a week ago that <laughs> you, could, you could turn your Airtable base into something like that. I would have been like, how? And now I know. Yeah. And we're, I mean, it like Topia just embedded iframes maybe a week or two ago. Um, and all, all the co-creators of Topia are citizens. So we've been really enjoying being kind of on the leading edge of that and just playing with it. And we've, um, my fiance and I are building out the space basically as like a museum of our relationship. Um, and so you can click on everything and you can see kind of like all the aspects of it. Um, but you can also discover stuff. So using using UTM codes and pre-filled fields, you can actually embed a physical object into a virtual environment. And depending on the size of the object and where it's where it's placed, it can be harder or easier to find. And with the encoded link linking into the mini extensions portal, which then goes into to Airtable, you have a treasure hunt. And yeah. and so it's a lot of like. I mean, it, it happens a lot where like I learned to use something like I learned to use an encoder link or I learned to use a pre-fill field. And then for the next week, I'm like, oh, 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 and just like <laughs> constantly like, where can I apply that? Um, and, and where can I break it in a lot of instances? Um, but having, I, I can't stress the importance of play. Um, yeah. Having a space, even if you can't do it through your work, having a space where you can explore and create is essential because if it weren't for that, I wouldn't have learned any of this and we wouldn't have any of this. If I had set out to build something and build a, an app that investors would invest in, none of this would exist. Um, so really just like that, I mean, that's the, the one of the core tenets of One Inc is playing and, and uniting work with art and saying, let's create space and let's, let's find ways of financing that space without changing the implications of what we're doing. Um, uh, I have finite and infinite games by J- James B. Karsh by my, by my heels. And it's, uh, uh, there are two, there are at least two types of games. There are finite games, which are played for the purpose of winning. And there are infinite games, which are played for the purpose of continuing play, um, yeah. and raising money to, into a venture to later exit and make a lot of money. That's a finite game. Um, creating a cooperative where you can continue the cooperative and ever expand it to include more people that we see as an infinite one. Um, and yeah, having a living system of relationships, which is kind of like the, the citizen table, um, exchanges, which is the ledger, um, balances, which is kind of like merit in the community, um, gifts, which is like how, how we know to give back and forth frames, which is the language that we use, right? You're just looking at all of these ways of transferring energy. If you kind of go at the highest level possible, transferring energy between, people which are you know in a frame characters and stories or projects um and it's all just about moving moving that energy back and forth whether that energy be money or communication or storytelling it's just energy and um yeah i think database thinking has really helped me to see that more tangibly um versus seeing it kind of like empathetically makes sense 
databases do kind of make you think about things in sort of a, a, a practical sense, if you will. Just, <laughs> no, uh, the simply asking yourself the question to what does this link? Um, I think kind of sets the bar for me when it ter- in, in terms of getting a thing to work. Um, and so just you, you talking about like the, the endlessness of play, um, I, for some reason, I, I have cornered the market in making scheduling things for Airtable. Um, <laughs> they came out with the scripting block. I, I made five different versions of the same scripts that all basically do the same thing, but, you know, incrementally better. And in custom mm. blocks, I was like, guess he's making a scheduling block. And I did it. And so whatever else they have lined up in their you know, whatever next product they're going to release, you know it, I'm going to be playing around with it to make something that schedules something or other, because apparently that's what I do now. And I don't have any personal use case for it, um, but that's kind of how I build skills. Just, Mm -hmm. you know, there's always something to improve upon. And, you know, I've kind of adopted that in my own life, specifically related to that. So, yeah. 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 The, the mini extensions block um, is, is going to be fantastically useful for another project, which is the museum of domains. So museum of domains.com. And it's, it's a, it's a virtual museum, but thanks to Topia, you'll actually be able to walk around the museum. Um, and thanks to Airtable uh, and, and mini extensions, you'll be able to submit things to the museum. So, um, you know, like you take the calendar block and it's like having an idea and then figuring out, can I do this? And then iterating and improving is, is how you learn. Um, the thing that I've experienced in consulting, especially with growth hacking, is that ideas are hard. It's, it's a muscle. You, you got to work it. And, and over time, it becomes easier. Like, I've, you know, I'll say something and it's like, oh, my God, you always know what to do. I'm like, it's just, it's a muscle. Um, the, more, the more you work it, the more that you exchange ideas. Um, Spiritual Bro actually was uh, Guru Clippy. Um, I would tell this story of like, you know, my advisor has been telling me to say more positive things, stop saying I need, you know, because it's implying lack. Um, and I would say something and then 10 minutes later, be like, why did I say it that way? I know I'm not supposed to, cause I know that that's like causing harm to myself. And so I made this joke of like, you know, we should create an app. And I thought it was like the, the spiritual, ver- the woo woo version of Clippy. Um, and, from, and I from told, Microsoft I, Word. <laughs> right. So thank you for being in the minority of people who actually got that joke. I was born the, in the nineties. I, I remember things. in the 90s would get that. No one largely, it was anyway. So I told the story and then I, the punchline was it's so we're, you know, we we're going to make it, it's called Guru Clippy. And I just kind of got this, like, I don't know, 80 to 90% of people would be like, you know, responding to a verbal story. They'd be like, cool wait what's clippy again or you know and so it didn't click and then when i had i had already bought spiritual bro i thought it was going to be something else and then when i switched out the punchline it was instantaneously a hundred percent of the people who heard that story with the punchline spiritual bro they're like that's amazing and i i would play with the length i would you know compress it down to like how quickly can i get someone to be like i want that mm-hmm. um and it got down to a sentence and so museum of domains had been that and then we put it um it was originally the first actually one of the first Airtable products that i built was registered under the influence.com um which is basically a base for people who have purchased and registered domain names um, when they were not sober um and then that 
because I like to buy a lot of domain names that later became Museum of Domains. And then now because of many extensions, I'm like, oh, cool. I have the ability to make an interface where people can submit a domain that they purchased and the story as to why they purchased it and the state of that domain. And then people can collectively manage their own domains. I don't have to do anything. And so building something that's self-maintaining um, has been an interesting challenge and, and many extensions is really a big unlock for that for us. Um, and it's super versatile. Like if, you know, later down the road, we'll build a cohesive product that is the economy without, you know, I call it duct tape coding, but without this much duct tape coding. Um, but still, you know, many extensions and stuff like, you know, Museum of Domains is both a fantastic opportunity for learning, a fantastic opportunity to validate an idea a fantastic opportunity to build an MVP with no code. Um, and with, you know, what, Airtable is 25 bucks a month for a pro plan and many extensions is 39. So for under $100 in software as a service, you can just crank out apps, which is seemingly what many extensions is doing. Um, and they're all great. Their release schedule is absolutely insane. I love them. <laughs> yeah. I, I asked like a pretty potent question the other day through support and they're like, we just deployed a new version. I'm like, what? They, um, I'm still figuring it out, but you can, soon you'll be able to open, when you, when you embed their widget into your website, you'll be able to open and edit a record without it bouncing out to a new tab. I'm telling you, if you, yeah. if, if you don't already use mini extension, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> just yeah. time out. Cause they have so many different things, so many different components that are so, so very useful. And it, fills in the gaps that are often left by Airtable's vanilla platform, if you will. And in some regards, that's fine. Not every program is going to be perfect. And, you know, the world of tech, we're probably going to see Airtable shift over the course of time or maybe be replaced by something else. Who knows in the future? Um, it's seeing projects like yours that really exemplify i suppose that really exemplify that to make something great odds are you probably will be using more than one thing mm -hmm. like no castle is built with only bricks or only stone this is a terrible analogy but the, the important thing is i'm glad you've shown it to us you've shown us a great many things and we'll put the links to them all in the description below um so that you can join and also just walk around that little virtual world. I don't want to invite everyone to your wedding because that would be weird, but- I, It's probably making its way to Reddit at some point. So I think well, that, that bridge- Everyone go to Brian's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, topia.io forward slash present and topia.io forward, uh, forward slash citizens um, mm -hmm. are our virtual. They're much more fun when people are there. So go relatively nine to five uh, on weekdays um usually when we hang out there but yeah um thank you thank you for giving me the opportunity to to nerd out and share i mean i think that you know i thought airtable is amazing i got super deep into zapier i for a very long time actively avoided airtable's marketing emails and airtable's forums and zapier less so but like I mean, we, uh, Chantel and I, like, um, she, we use Splitwise for just like household stuff. Um, and we have a channel for our wedding um, and kind of like the, the moniker of our relationship. And I'm like, does Splitwise integrate with Zapier? Like, can we just like comically tell everybody in our community, like what we're spending on like household, you know, stuff just because it's funny? Mm -hmm. um, yes, is the answer to that question. 
Uh, and so it, it gets, it gets really addicting. So I think um, an adage that's been really potent for me is uh, like nothing can be learned exclusively through education and nothing can be learned exclusively through practice. It has to be a mix of both. Yep. Um, and, and many extensions, I, I probably learned for about 30 minutes to an hour before I started but like seeing like, can I build what I want to build? And I did. And then I went on a week vacation this past week and I just, in like 30 minutes, the, what I showed of the, the stories of the cooperative, the gallery view, um, the reading list, uh, and uh, the portfolio, which I'll, I'll fix in 10 seconds after we finish. Um, I built all of those in collectively maybe an hour. Um, wow. be, because every single time you build something into your base, it's there and you can draw from it. And mm -hmm. you can parse that data and show it in so many different ways for so many different purposes. Um, and having portals into that, which Mini Extensions is really great about, um, and having interconnections through that, which Zapier is fantastic about, um, and having like automations and, and backups and visualizations, which Onto Air is fantastic about. Like it is very much, you know, there's there's five different ways to do it, but um, just playing with it and finding out, asking the question, can we? Um, yeah, it gets really addicting, I will say. Super, super, super addicting. And I definitely have spent more time building than I have spent using. And that's actually changing as of Monday. Um, I'm kind of like, like, cool. Like, not a moratorium, not a whole whole moratorium on, on building new features, but like a, a radical pullback because the last few months, um, really just seeing you know, time in quarantine and seeing what needed to be done, um, just jumped in and went for it. Makes sense. You can't you know, there, there is something called over-engineering. Um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I will leave you to be the expert on the subject. It seems as though you already are. Um, thank you Every, so much. Everyone's answer is going to be, I, that's the one I would love to teach. I, that's very much a subjective decision as to when to stop building. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I never know. I will never stop <laughs> building things that schedule other things. Just make a coin, just a coin toss. <laughs> just now's the time. All right. I'll make it. Ooh, I'll make a coin toss app in Airtable so that there I can flip it and decide when I should stop building. You should, you're going to, you're going to get to the point where you're going to say, maybe I should stop. And then spiritual bro will come in and say, no, never stop. I will add that into also spiritual bro is, is built on Airtable. So all of the of corrections are in Airtable. <laughs> Airtable, the, the back end to all things great. Um, yeah, including our wedding. <laughs> all of it. All of it. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for the, the opportunity and the questions and the, the excitement about nerdy things. And I look forward to maybe someday dabbling into your Airtable history of your in the forum. I feel like that's, that's its own rabbit hole. It, it's a lot. Be prepared. <laughs> <laughs> Be prepared. I'm, I'm on a quest to earn every badge. Um, but thank you so much um, for, being, for being part of our podcast. Everyone check out the links below. Um, I promise you, you will not be disappointed by any of them. And see ya. Thanks for watching. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to give it a like or hit us up on social at Built On Air. We always love to hear your comments and suggestions. And don't forget to subscribe to catch new episodes when they release. It helps us keep the podcast going.